Yeah, no, it was a American League, state of Florida, Ray, Ray's logo. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Jay Peeps is giving us his full rundown of his fancy new Ray shirt, everybody. Welcome to the Running Gun Podcast, season five, episode thirteen. Look. Uh NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB going on, NFL draft is a week away. Facts, we're less than nine days away, honestly, dude. It's crazy how fast it came up. Um, but yes, no, about Eight days. My shirt is new. I didn't honestly, it's pretty sad. I didn't have that. I had more lightning stuff than I had race stuff, so it's like I had to kind of get it all caught up and even. So this is actually a very good investment. It's very comfortable. So I love it. I'm happy. We didn't match tonight, but like I said, we matched in a special kind of way, I guess. He's wearing lightning clothing. He, I'm wearing Ray's clothing. So it's like we're still matching in a sense. Yeah, two different teams, two different colors. Shades of the same color. But he, his is the uh, black primary. Mine is blue primary. But anyways. We are not here to talk about shirts. We are here to talk about sports. Revolving those shirts. Yeah. So one team actually still undefeated in the continental United States. One team put hands on Toronto when they crossed the border and went north last night. Um, and then a couple other things too. We're going to talk about who who FAMU added, both the key additions that FAMU added, um, how the spring game went. The big deal about these mega camps and also why so many people are hopping in the transfer portal. And what does it mean? All of that is this evening. So before we roll it, Ace, do you got anything? Um, be a friend, tough friend, like, share, subscribe. Uh Maple Leaf fans be more classy. Y'all are raw. How do I say this nicely? Uh bad looking? I don't know how to say it nicely. You and said like the most very ba- wait, bad looking. Yeah, they're looking very bad publicly right now. With the way how they are conducting themselves, them at Edmonton fans. Edmonton fans were brutal at the game with the Kings on Monday night, and Toronto fans on Twitter last night. Oh boy, they were classless. I don't want to say classless because that was what was used for. Uh, Angel Reese and all that with LSU nonsense, but then you have like, now that, this is the true definition of classless, like pushing injuries on players. But that's not why we're we're gonna talk about that later, probably in like hot topics or have its own section. We'll figure that out as we get going. Be a friend, tell a friend, like, share, subscribe, run that intro to your peeps, and let's get going. I got you. Well, let me get rid of that. Here we go. Let's do it. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is JP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Jimmy Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast.
All right. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. So first thing we got on the task for this evening is, you know, we got, well, I have to talk about it first. First things first. So fam, you made some pretty key additions last night. I want to say at around like seven or eight o'clock, they added an offensive lineman, uh, Cardell Thomas, who's a former five-star offensive lineman from LSU. I think, honestly, he's a day-one starter at the guard position. And then today at noon, they also added Tarleton State, which is in Texas, recruit um, McCody Robertson, who also comes to FAMU. So Cardell Thomas, as I just said, offensive lineman guy. McCody Robertson, defensive tackle. Willie Simmons has already said, you know, I'm looking forward to the inside run drills in that portion of practice because, honestly, I can't wait to see that either. I think both these guys are plug and play. I think McCody Robinson, Robertson is someone that you plug in right next to General Hunt and you play him from the get-go, no questions asked. But I came, I'm, I'm very impressed with the key additions. I was thinking it was going to be Mike Evans Jr., who is uh, – Still waiting to name his destination. But Coach, Coach Rushpris and Ray Matthews both said, you know, they're looking to add one more wide receiver. They're not done yet. They still aren't done. So get ready. Get ready. Are you holding out hope for Mike Evans Jr.? Yeah. Slowly but surely. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't go there, honestly. I mean, like, he has offers from FAMU, Jackson State. I think I saw Maryland, too. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember which who all it was, but it's been the same couple schools since the end of the college football season, honestly. Hmm. So. Interesting, interesting. But yeah, orange and green game. But yeah, I was like the second. I'm like, is it green and orange or orange and green? I don't know. Anyways, that was pretty decent. I can say. Oh wait, Ace watched it. Nah, I saw clips. Oh, okay. I was about to say. I was like, Ace, watch the orange and green game. Okay. But yeah, honestly, yeah, I came away very impressed, honestly. Like I the thing the thing people don't realize is well, some do, some don't. Um spring games are not always meant to be flash and dash and pretty. It honestly, I was not expecting the offense to go in there and light it up and put up 40. I really wasn't considering the fact that for one it's practice 15. The defense should know what the offense is going to run and what every little hand signal means. The defense, if you don't, and, and you, it's 15 practices in, that's a problem. Cause that means that you're not learning how to read signals. And you don't know what's coming. Now, the other thing with that is I came away very impressed with the running attack. And I like the way that Jacquez Yant ran the football primarily because that was the main thing I wanted to see in the running game was, you know, how what is this Jacquez Yant guy really about? And come to find out, dude, the man's a load. Kamari Stevens is going to be a beast off the edge once again. I think this is the year that he'll actually break out and make an impact. A lot of the transfers, they made their presence felt. I was very impressed. I thought Kareem Burke was going to have a big day up until the fact that he rolled his ankle and they held him out. Rightfully so. It's a spring game. You don't need to kill yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Musa looked good, given the circumstances, in my honest opinion. 
And, you know, uh, Darian Oxendine looks like he's ready to step up and be like what Xavier Smith was. Hopefully, you know, everybody else gets involved. Jamari Sharid didn't hear his name called, but obviously I think he was held out for injury purposes like Gentle Hunt. But, yeah, Ace, what did you think? I think it was good. I mean, like you said, I wasn't expecting much of the offense to being uh, – how do I say it? It's not like not to the tier of like a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's like a broken-down dioxid. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. And that's how, that's how spring should be, honestly. Because, I mean, if you look around, honestly, it's like def- – like I said last week, defense should be ahead of offenses – at this point, and then, mm-hmm. you, like, honestly, you look at Florida State's spring game, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle. You look at Georgia's spring game. I would have said Texas. All, everybody was getting in on Arch Manning. Exactly. Wow. Look at that. Nothing new. Actually, my bad. I'm watching the uh, L.A. Memphis game, too. Nothing new. Anthony Davis hurt again. Got hit in the face. Stays injured. Hmm. Well, let me stop. I digress. Uh, but yeah, honestly, like, you know, it's it's okay. I mean, everybody's overreacting. The one thing that I will say that I agree that I agree with a lot of people about is it would have been nice to have seen Willie Simmons dedicate to the run in the red zone. But I understand for specific reasons he didn't. Like, there was a lot of things that we didn't see because we didn't see certain personnel that I and we will see certain personnel when the season gets here. So it's okay. It's okay. I mean, honestly, you don't want to wear down Jaquez Gant in the hot sun in the middle of the spring, honestly, because you're you just want to impress the masses, of course. Well, Saturday here was pretty cool. Oh, well, Saturday up in the panhandle. No, wait. Was it Monday or Saturday? No, Saturday was brutal hot. It was Sunday had the rain and Monday was cool. Yeah. Same, same here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand where it came from and stuff because it's certain things that you want to show. It's certain things you don't want to show in a spring game and everything. And that's that's a film that you just you take with you from that day and you just go through, evaluate it. You see who can you depend on, who can you not, and so on and so forth. And then, you know, you base that off of and hopefully get an idea of what you want to put together as far as packages and stuff when you come back for fall camp. Mm-hmm. So, I would add one little thing on that also is um actually you kind of actually said it where it's like you're gonna see who fits what situations better with this game even if it wasn't like the flashiest and then you they probably saw something they saw in the orange and green game in the trenches and that's what led to the two transfers exactly exactly and I think honestly I saw something like eh, me up our pursuit of these specific players. And I heard those specific spots. Sorry. I think both guys were on campus for the spring game because, <clears throat> and this is a testament to what Coach Rispersen does an excellent job of, is he had two, they had 200 kids on campus for that game because of junior day. And just in total, 200 recruits in all. So I think some of those guys were among those, McCody Robertson and Cardell Thomas. No, I'm just saying, like, the game probably increased – the not sense of urgency, but the willingness to put more like incentives for players to come on to hop on the team. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That certain things like that, that'll do that, honestly. Because then you realize you're like, okay, you you see how much fun these guys are having. They're flying around and everything, and you're just like, yeah, I want to be here. That's what it'll do to you sometimes, honestly. The vibes. Exactly, man. The vibes. And then a couple other things, a couple house cleaning things too. Uh, so as well, Alabama State running back Corey Merritt hopped in the portal today. And also too, uh, Southern's edge rusher Trey Lang, who is also a Tallahassee native, hopped in the portal too. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, yeah, Action was actually there. He said, boy, it was hot out there. Yeah. See, it was a scorcher. And then they're also yeah, redoing the sun was hot. Yeah. So it's I understand Willie Simmons not wanting to run Jaquez Yant into the ground for that very reason. It's a spring game, you know. Honestly, I I did enjoy the goal line situation at the end, honestly, because now you get a feel for you know it's jawbone to jawbone and may the best man win. And you never know. It, at some point, it could come down to that. So you need to know having the right personnel on the field, having the right amount of guys on the field, because that's been a mistake made in the past before too, pre-Willie Simmons, where they had 10 guys on the field. I'm not going to say in what game, but hmm. yeah. So it happens. So that's what, that's the joy I get out of seeing goal line defenses and offenses to end a game like what we saw Saturday. Triple overtime. It was exciting. Yeah. Exciting and sometimes triple overtime has a a nasty double edged sword that those fans sitting even longer out there. Facts. Honestly, hell, I would have sat out there longer. Honestly, if I if I'd have been able to go, I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also this now. So Bubba McDowell of Prairie View, who former Hurricane by the way, teaming up with Dion at Colorado and doing a mega camp. So here's the question I pose. Why are we making a big deal out of these mega camps? When because of who was in it and what happened last year to this year. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. Because honestly, my thing is this. I'm sitting here looking at the overreaction to this, and I'm just like, y'all do realize that. I don't, I don't know if you, if you saw it. This was back in 2015. Jim, I think it was like 2015, 2016 when Jim Harbaugh got hired at Michigan. Everybody was making a big deal about, you know, oh my gosh, Jim Harbaugh's having this like satellite camp. They call it a satellite camp. Everybody's he's having this satellite camp down here in SEC country and stuff. And he's doing this and it's ESPN blew out of proportion because it's like he's doing this. He's going to take all these recruits out of SEC country and he's going to take a title away from the South. And this might be <laughs> stuff and come to find out it never worked out. Cause I remember this because they interviewed Jimbo Fisher when he was at Florida state about it. And they were, and they were like, are you going to participate in this whole satellite camp? What's your take on it? And he was like, he's like, we don't have the satellite. We're going to satellite right at, right out of Tallahassee. You know, Nick Saban didn't really care much. Honestly, like, Dude, my, my thing is, why are we overreacting when this has been going on for over a decade? Jim Harbaugh literally introduced this. But I understand everybody's still sensitive about this whole Deion Sanders situation. Are we going to really be sensitive about this for like five years? 
he moved on. It's time for you to move on. Everybody, get over. If he wants to satellite with Prairie View, I'm taking it if I'm Bubba McDowell. I feel no shame. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, Bubba McDowell can give a rat's ass about people you saying exactly not at all. And then it's also Hugh Jackson's going to be there, and a couple other what group of five and power five schools like people okay. get in their feels a little too much. My thing, see, and then my thing too is I could care less if I'm a recruit because then that means okay, there's more eyes watching me. Mm-hmm. More yeah. scouts. Because you also have to include scouts for the colleges, recruits. There's gonna be a lot of buzz. If you show out, you're guaranteed a scholarship at multiple schools. Bingo. Bingo. But yeah, they they really only care about it because of who not so much purview, but who the other side is and how it went down with Jackson State and people getting up in their feels about it. Pretty much what it is. Exactly. Actually, here's here's actually the list I can run off if I can find it. Let me bring it up. Okay, so it's headlined by Prairie View with Coach Prime. Prairie View and Colorado are in collab with it. Arizona State will be there. Georgia Tech, Eastern Michigan, Louisiana, Monroe. Can't figure out this third school. It's not Nebraska. Alabama State will be there, so that's interesting. Eddie Robinson and Dion will be in the same place at the same time. Hmm. Grandling will be there. Fred McNair and Alcorn will be there, and Texas State will be there. And this is going down June 1st. I just find that interesting. Wow. This middle of dead season. Exactly. So all eyes on all eyes on that. Exactly. And I don't and my thing I don't think is, it's I don't I don't think it'll be mainstream media that's gonna blow it out of proportion, but just if HBCU media just to not blow it out of proportion because it's just teams going in with recruits and stuff like that, it's not worth having a whole war about. It's really not, dude. It's like There's I said things you could fight over. I think, it's stupid, uh, I think it's stupid that people are making a big deal about it, saying that this is an NCAA violation when it's really not, and this has been going on since Jim Harbaugh introduced it. So it's okay. It's whatever. Um, also, too uh, – oh, wait, no. That's for the other part. So I guess at that point, speaking of satellite camps and stuff, we can – I don't know. You tell me. You want to swing over to the NCAA or you want to go straight to hot topics and talk about the – basketball playoffs and everything hmm. yeah. well we're talking about satellite camps colorado might as well talk about a couple other things going on in college football since we're already on the topic and then we'll touch a little bit on the draft and then designate the last half of the show for nf nba and nhl because by the time we get to that memphis lakers will probably be in the fourth quarter true and right now it's not a close game True. Makes sense. But yeah, so that's actually a pretty good jumping point because honestly, uh, may not realize this yet, but speaking of Colorado, Dion has overhauled Colorado's roster. 51 yeah, we knew players, that was coming. 51 players are set to leave. And he recently just signed Willie Gaines from Jackson State. Are we shocked? Not, not at all. Honestly, we not. knew that was coming. 
And didn't he say he's bringing his boys? He's bringing his players. He said he was bringing his luggage with him, and he said he was coming. Uh huh. So it doesn't surprise me at all. And you know, I think one of Colorado's top defensive tackles just hit the portal today, and everybody's overreacting about that and stuff too. But it's like, dude, if you think about it, Colorado was one on the change his profile picture. No, John. There is no profile pictures. What's up, gang? NBA playoffs didn't don't exist tonight. Honestly, dude. Yeah. Hey, Memphis ain't got John. They got 15 right now. Honestly, realistically. Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman cooking. I did not click that one. I thought it'd been Tyus Jones cooking, but all right. Well, of course, uh, AD choke job. Oh, see, drunk's uh, profile picture's back. I've been saving this gym for y'all show only. I'm, I'm, I I only see the one with him with Drake like it's always been. Yeah, I don't get it. I can't see what the other one was. I, I thought it was always just that one. Yeah. Um, see, a team could use Melo right now, but... Honestly... I don't know. I got an interesting thing, but when we get to hard topics, I got an interesting thing about that with Carmelo Anthony. I got something interesting to say about that. So say Well see. I was gonna say since we're on NCAA and we got drunk in the chat, who who saw what um Brady Quinn said about CJ Stroud, his favorite? They, it saying? was a slow media day in the NFL, bro. Brady oh. Quinn was saying that oh CJ Stroud promised to go to this Manning camp and he didn't show up. And there are concerns about his accuracy when the pocket collapses. And it, it's a high drop-off from when it is a clean pocket. And I'm like, hell, if he wants to drop out the top 10, I know a couple of teams that can use a quarterback outside the top 10 right now. Honestly, I actually have some good news for you, too, regarding. Yeah, I'm going to get into that. that. I thought that was what we were going to use to transition to the NFL. But then I was like, yeah, hey, we're talking about satellites and stuff. I was like, let's save it to the NCAA part. Because it's all the draft. Actually, we could just combine NCAA and NFL because it's all a couple of college stuff, but it's mostly draft stuff. Of course. Um, but yeah, Jesus uh, lost some train of thought. But yeah, so. But what I was going to like with Isaiah Lamb meeting the Jets, Saints, Lions, Texans, and Cardinals this week. Oh, yeah. While Xavier Smith was meeting with interest from the Bills, Panthers, Bears, Lions, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Rams. Did I swear I said Rams twice there? Giants, Jets, 49ers, Bucks, and Titans from Aaron Wilson. I said it earlier. Xavier Smith on the Chiefs would not be fair, but I definitely ready because you talk after. I started talking after the 17 sec. Oh, oh okay. No, he, he, has a, he had a delay. He has a 17 second delay on his iPhone. That's what that's what he's getting at. It's all good, man. You're good. I'm confused, but anyway. <laughs> I get it. I just I, I get it. He had he has a little delay on his on his phone is coming through. I get it. But um all right. Yeah, no, I like I like the idea, honestly. The Bears need a pass rusher. They haven't had one really since Coleo Mack left. Um they need some type of impact on defense. Von Miller ain't gonna be around long. Um, so the Bills need to give a look to Marquise, but not Marquise, but the Bills need to give a look to Bears, Bears got number nine right now. They they're in perfect position and get a pass rusher, but I think they'll go offensive line in the first round. Makes sense. The Rams need a pass rusher, honestly. 
The Rams need everything. Rams don't have an entire special teams core. They have one quarterback under contract. Only Cooper Cup is really their only receiver. Mm-hmm. The Rams, the Rams, Rams might not be saying it, but I think they're tanking for Caleb. That team is like gutted. They've got the Super Bowl, and the whole team went to hell. My thing is, how many more years does Matthew Stafford have on his deal? Oh, on his deal, he just signed the extension after the Super Bowl, so like three, but probably like one or two guaranteed left. I gotta mm. check it, but mm. there's not much left. But he could also just retire and not put them in a cap hell, I think. Ah, I got you. I feel that. Um, but yeah, so and then honestly, too, I said it earlier, you know, Todd Bowles used to be the defensive coordinator and secondary coach at Morehouse and Grambling. So I can understand him seeing the value of HBCU players. It makes sense. It was almost it was what 97, 98. But I could still see the value he has for HBCU players, so that doesn't surprise me either. The Chargers. Oof. Wow. Ho 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 ho! Wow. What? Yeesh. Yeah, the Rams are stuck with Matthew Stafford for another three years, minimum. Yeah. See. Exactly. They can't get out until 2026 with only 18 and a half million dollars in dead cap. Exactly. Terrible. See, Terrible. Now, this drunk, they said Dalvin is like, he doesn't want to go to the Bills because he wants it to be uh, James's team. His brother is so. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I can see why the Bills fans want him, but I don't think Dalvin's going there. If Dal- Dalvin going anywhere, it'll be Miami. Honestly, I saw someone that's been saying, you know, the Dolphins need to make a play for Dalvin Cook. That, that that's who they, who need where he needs to go probably. Yeah, but honestly, it goes back to what I don't know if you I don't know if you were with us that night. Allison brought up a good point where she said, you know, a lot of these guys don't want to go back to their hometowns or their home states for a reason. Well, yeah, too many people who know them want to rub up on them. Oh, well, I like this. Okay, wait, I'll I talk about that more in hot topics. What's the best? Oh, we can talk about this now. Hold on, hold on wait. No, no, the uh, part with the, like, players going to their hometown. Oh, what's the best position HBCUs have ever put out? The best position? Hmm. Hmm. Honestly? I want to say tackle so bad. I got to say running back because, honestly, I got to put it like this. Before Emmitt Smith, the all-time leading rusher, was an HBCU alum, Walter Payton, Jackson State. And then I would even go as far as to say if Willie Gallimore, who played for Jake Gaither at FAMU, if he doesn't die in a car accident, he's the NFL's all-time leading rusher at the time. Like this is what back in the 50s, early 60s. He's the NFL's all-time leading rusher, not Jim Brown. So I'd have to say running backs are – overall the best that they've ever put out after that you could make a play for quarterbacks because of course you know doug williams um steve mcnair of course because actually someone just did a list regarding this on instagram trying to find it 
can't remember where it was. Oh, oh dang. Uh, while, you that, while you do that, I'm going to hop over to Ashton. He's asking you, but FSU so, look dangerous. FSU Spring? Even if it wasn't if it wasn't pretty, I think they're still looking dangerous. Oh, I came more impressive what I saw at FSU Spring game. I think um, Michael Pittman's son, I forget that kid's name, but I know that he is Michael Pittman's son, former Bucks running back. And uh, he messed up his hip, so he won't be ready right away. I think he he might at this point I think be a game time decision come LSU week. So I like I said, I came away very impressed, man. Um, they have a very suffocating defense still. Jared Verse is the leader of that pack. Um, I actually got a friend of mine who went to middle school with him's Dylan Brown. He's an addition on the defensive line there. He transferred in from Rhode Island. Uh, I don't know how much of an impact he'll have, but he's a quality depth piece. Um, and speaking of Jared Verse, they actually did an interview with Jared Verse and Jordan Travis at the end of the spring game, and they talked about you know how close how close knit those two that the whole team is. Like Jordan Travis was saying that like he was on spring break for a week, which was just six days. And he said that felt like an eternity. Jared Verse said he just loves the competition that they feel when they're together in practice. Because he said sometimes practice is more intense than the games. And I think, honestly, he might be right. Because Florida State is coming back. Just look at the look at the guys they're getting. I think Mike Norvell just recently stole a recruit from Kirby Smart. How often does that happen? Think about it. That doesn't happen too often. That definitely wouldn't happen under Willie Taggart. That wouldn't happen in the first two years of Mike Norvell. It's enough to compete with Jordan. Ooh. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't say well, so. Georgia did lose a lot. Uh, Georgia and Alabama both lost a lot of D-line pieces, but even then, I mean, it's, it's really hard to take an ACC school over an SEC school. That's true. It's at this point right now. Say two things with that. Right now, I think they got Clemson favored like by forty-seven or 40, between forty-seven and fifty-five percent to win the ACC. Florida State was at seventeen. Um, and the other thing I'll say to that too is, is Florida State and Alabama actually have a home and home series slated for twenty twenty-five and twenty twenty-six. I think or twenty twenty-four, twenty twenty-five. I know the main year is twenty twenty-five. And then I think they have a series with Georgia afterwards. So we'll see where both sides are at. I, I can, at this point, I can see both Norvell and Kirby Smart sticking around well into 2030. So both we'll, we'll see what, what both teams are made of and what both teams are by then, especially if it's like a mid-season, early-season collision. I think Florida State has a great shot of dethroning Clemson to, to the point where we will – kind of honestly see a Florida State Georgia matchup at this point right now I still gotta say Georgia is a clear cut favorite over Florida State but at the same time too I mean look don't ask me who George's quarterback is for next season. Honestly it's Carson Beck. I actually was just watching that's funny you mentioned that. I was watching no, I was only say that because they had a guy who left Oklahoma probably is Carson Beck but he left Oklahoma because he didn't want to compete with Spencer Rattler, and then he went to Georgia, and now he's second guessing himself. So that was the reason why I said it. 
That was another kid. That was a different guy. Yeah. So, yeah, Carson Beck, actually, from what a lot of reporters are saying after the spring game, is that he actually had – he was he seemed the most cool, calm, and collected, and he seemed to have the greatest understanding of their offense going just through the spring game and coming out of it, whereas all the other quarterbacks did not. So they said if if there was anybody they had they knew they had to roll out with right now, it's Carson Beck. And it makes sense because obviously he he took a majority of the snaps in the national championship after Stetson Bennett came out because that game was essentially over at half. Yeah, I, I enjoyed every second of it too, honestly. All right. So while you go find the thing from Instagram for drunk, I will talk about the when, you as being the starting quarterback for Texas. While you do that. Okay. So, yeah, so Quinn Ewers is gonna be was named the starter for Texas for the, after the spring game because like like I mentioned there, I don't know if Drunk was here for that one though. When I said uh people kinda sometimes overreact to spring games and also offenses are more closely related to uh broken down Dodson than uh Lamborghini essentially. Where it's not a smooth running machine, it's like a lot of broken pieces in it so given that arch manning has only been there for a couple of weeks months barely a half practices makes sense quinn years has a better concept of the offense in texas since he ran the system last year and you also have to include he's draft eligible this year so he's probably playing for his draft position if he does good he goes to the draft Arch Manning gets two years with Texas all for himself. Or he hits a transfer portal like everybody else does. Which would just open another can of worms. But I mean, he's getting millions of dollars in NIL. So I doubt he will be leaving Texas anytime soon. They won't do Sorry. My bad. Yeah, so Ewers was 16 of 23, 195 yards and a touchdown. Arch Manning was very rough. Uh, I gotta pull out the exacting parch manning, but it was not good. Right, people so were cooking him. I couldn't find that post, but I was speaking of that. I was able to find something relating to that as well, because um, oh my goodness, what's his name? Uh, Steve Sharkeesian had a lot to say, or had some things to say about Quinn Ewers. He said, "I thought Quinn was very efficient today." Because they did name him the QB1 coming out of the spring game. Well, I mean, it's kind of easy when your one quarterback goes 16 to 23 for a buck 95, while the other one goes 5 at 13 for 30 yards. That's true. Well, like what? I said earlier, it's you got to give Arch a little bit of time. He ain't going to come right you, out and take it. You do. And here's the thing about that is like with Arch, it's like his, even his dad, not his dad. Even his uncle didn't have a good first year in the NFL. He struggled. He led the league in interceptions. Like, mm-hmm. you got to give him time, honestly. Like, a baptism by fire is does not do a Manning well. Is what they do after they get a good understanding when they get put in finally. And I think, honestly, too, you got to consider he was in high school just not too long ago, like probably before Christmas. So when he mm-hmm. gets a feel of how fast 
the college game is versus the high school game, it'll get easier for him. It'll get easier for him. And plus, like I said, you got to look at who what his last name is. He's going to figure it out eventually. All right. Well, with that being said, anything else in college football, or you want to just take it on over to the NFL quick and then hit up the NBA playoffs, which is what this title of the show was named. We can take it over. And to we're the, saving best for last. Yeah, we can save the best for last. We can take it over to the NFL real quick. Um, so yeah, Aaron Rodgers has yet to get a deal done. It's pretty worrisome. worrisome. Mm. Yeah, they got eight days to figure it out. Last week was fifteen days. Now it's eight days. Mm. I don't know how to feel about it. But it looks like more or less that Bryce Young's going number one. I would hope so because honestly, you know, I I think you know and as well as me, I think we're both kind of hoping Carolina takes Anthony Richardson. We are hoping they take Anthony. I double dare them to take Anthony Richardson. If they do, it's free stakes all around. It's free ribeyes all around, dude. But I'm, I'm a hold to that, but I doubt it's gonna happen. Me too. I it seems it. more or less like a lock. Bryce Young's going one. They were talking about these S scores, like the intellect test or whatever. It's not Wonderlic, but it's a different test. And like Bryce Young got a 98 on it, which is like higher than like Mahomes, Burrow, Fields, Herbert, all of them. So, I mean, right. it's gonna be interesting. Huh, that's a good mm-hmm. one. I mean, it's kind of like free agency and trade requests. Very true. Yeah, honestly, see, here's the thing with that. Like, it would it would be pandemonium because, and honestly, bad deals, badly negotiated deals would lead to a NFL transfer portal. I think that's why lawyers are so deeply involved with the NFL game and agents with the details of every contract, but it would, it would be insane. And that actually goes back to what Tyron Matthew said recently about the current state of the NCAA's transfer portal. Cause he, Tyron Matthew came out and said, you know, I don't understand why kids leave so much. He, he said that he had to sit behind Morris Claiborne and Patrick Peterson, and it helped mold him into the dog that he became. And rightfully so. It makes sense because, like, dude, if you're sitting behind two first-rounders like that, it has to make you great. And it has to make you hungry and want to work harder. Which I think that's what – and hell, I think that's just what's wrong with America now is everybody wants to quit and up and leave a job and shit now. But again, that that's just my opinion. But I know Ace is laughing. Oh. He knows that's true. All right, that's mm-hmm. enough. That's enough of seeing it. The vibes are off. It's time to leave. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So if if the NFL had a transfer portal, it would be pandemonium. But like they kind of have it right now with the trade request like era. But player empowerment is kind of similar to transfer portal where you just well you don't determine exactly where you go, but you if you want to leave based off situation the trade request is what the transfer portal equivalent is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, back to the draft where we said Bryce Young would probably go one, 
They're saying heavily. I don't know if it's a smoke screen or not. But saying the Texans aren't going quarterback too. I could see that. It could be Will Anderson, or they could trade it to the Texans. Mm-hmm. I think if Will Anderson goes two, I would not be surprised if somebody has a trade up to go three. What like Tennessee the to type. jump the Colts for a quarterback? It would be, be Tennessee. It, ha- it would have to be Tennessee. Now Tennessee or Oakland. My That's thing, if either one of them fall in love like CJ or Anthony Richardson. My thing for you, my friend, is I saw a mock draft where the Saints take Nolan Smith at, what is it, 27? New comment, AP. Atlanta could jump to three. This one I was also thinking about. So, like, if Bryce Young went one, Texans went Will Anderson. I, I, I could see a situation where Atlanta jumps to three to go get CJ, so then they have the instant two oh. best future quarterbacks in the, the okay. division. Hold on. Hold on, though. I could understand Atlanta jumping to three, but they've already said that they want Desmond Ritter as their starter week one. Desmond Ritter changing his number from four to nine, it, it, it kind of feels like he's going to be the guy because, I mean, you're not going to change your number if you're going to be a backup, more or less. Like, your team won't allow you to change your number if you're going to be a backup because that's like having to change all the jerseys and everything. Yeah. So they have to be semi-confident in Desmond Ritter to let let him have the keys for this year. And if it just flops embarrassingly, like, next year's class is loaded and Atlanta would be in a better position if Ritter flops than having to give probably two firsts to get into – Number three from eight. Yeah, I, he's got a decent amount of. Go- no one wants Desmond Ritter starting for them. They lying through their teeth. I can't even argue with this. This is this is a good one. Yeah, it's this is the year of smoke screens. I'm trying to keep it like I don't want to give you hope so. Yeah, no, really. I I, I give it a solid eighty percent chance of Atlanta trading up. They just got to make sure Tennessee doesn't send the Godfather up offer, while Atlanta, you know, doesn't want to part with like the second first round pick or something to get to three from eight. That's if true. you know what I mean. Because like, like I said, because Tennessee- like if you're Arizona, you got a lot of holes, right? Tennessee is gonna be like, hey, we got to go from eleven to three. That's guaranteed two first round picks, two thirds minimum. And probably like a couple fourths or a second somewhere in between. While Atlanta, you're probably only getting a first, a second, and a third, or somewhere along those lines of like a first and two seconds or something like that. So like pick wise, with that with Arizona having so many holes, they could be like, well, we'll be trading essentially a quarterback outside the conference, and we're getting more picks to move back three farther spots. So it's kind of like, well, you know Atlanta would want to jump up, but then you're like, can they get that deal done with the NFC so, NFC team compared to an AFC team trying to make that deal? That's all I got to say for that. It's mm, a good point. That's a good point. Now, damn, yeah. No, you, you took the words out well, of my Tennessee, San Francisco overpaid. And I think the entire league knows they overpaid. Yeah, no, they did. San Francisco. Because, but then you also have Arizona would have leverage. Is like, 
well, see, when San Francisco went up to three, it was from 12, it was, or 12 to three, they also had, well, you're going to get the third best quarterback because, I mean, there's no pressure to jump anybody. So, yeah, you might be right, tennis. You might have to offer more because you'd have to have pressure to jump Indianapolis. Whereas when San Francisco jumped, even though they did overpay in that situation there, because I don't think anybody was giving three first back then to go from um didn't that result in Trey it Lance? It was a jump. It was a jump Atlanta and Cincinnati. Didn't that result in Trey Lance? Yep. And Trey Lance is getting traded. Well yeah. they're feeling trade calls for Trey Lance. Yeah. It'd be they... funny if Trey Lance ended up in like Atlanta. But I doubt that. I think Atlanta probably wants to their own new guy now. They won't take somebody's scraps to build. That's true. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, AP. Would you rather have CJ Stroud this year or Quinn Ewers or Caleb Williams? Quinn Ewers or Drake May next? Drake May or Caleb Williams next year? We'll give him a second to reply. Hmm. Honestly. I bet you a lot of them wanted uh, Lamar because that's why I had people telling me they were like, "I hope Atlanta makes a makes a move for Lamar." And then I think Arthur Blank came out and said that they weren't going to inquire. And it, it, it was just, but it was a lot of teams that followed that up and said that too. But yeah, honestly, I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out with Tennessee though, because Tennessee is getting is a late bloomer to the party. And they, you know, they've said that they've fallen out of favor with Malik Willis. I don't know what happened there. And then you the have, GM. yeah. And then Ryan Tannehill, not CJ Stroud to me is the safest QB in this draft. And there's no guarantee that you get a top QB next year. That's, That's fair. true too. That's fair. Because yeah, so honestly, you're thinking Atlanta is good enough to not be a bottom three team next year. Given that if Houston doesn't take the quarterback this year, they're definitely going to be the number bottom three team guaranteed next season. At the Rams, probably going to be a bottom three team. Yeah, I could Who definitely else could be bottom three teams. Arizona, but Arizona has still got Cower. I don't know if they're trading Cower. It would That's definitely be that has to be resolved. It would definitely be Arizona, Houston, depending on if they take a QB or not, because Will Anderson. We'll, we'll only be able to do but so much. Um, and then, yeah, so Arizona, Houston. What was the other one you named? Oh, wait. Like the Rams. The Rams. Yeah, see, that's another one. Like Atlanta. Atlanta was 7 10, all time trash defense. Like if their defense is average, they're like an eight or nine win team. Yeah, that doesn't. They've like- got a good rushing attack. So, they yeah, do. I can see. I can they- see the logic in saying. Well, the NFC South is open. You go send the house to go get number three. No, for uh, Kyler Hurt, though, I was talking about uh, if they got a top three pick next year, they're going to probably trade Kyler and take a new one next year. Yeah, but back to this. Yeah, they they have a good enough run game to win a couple of games. They do. Uh, NFC South is playing the, I want to say it's the East. Wait, let me see. Let me check. But I, I want to say it's the AFC South. Because they played the West this year. No, they played the North. Might be the AFC West. 
Hold up. Let me, I got it for you right here. They're playing the NFC North. No, the, for the AFC. Oh, the AFC? They are playing the South or West? NFC South. Because they have because the Bucks play the Jags, the Titans. And, and yeah, so it's the South. South and NFC North. Yeah. So well <clears throat> Detroit's beating the Falcons. Unless something happens in Detroit, which I doubt. Minnesota, Atlanta could pull one up on Minnesota. Absolutely. Beat Green Bay, given what Jordan Love is. Uh, yeah, and then Chicago. Chicago's yeah. like that wild card. You don't know what Chicago's gonna do with Fields. Honestly, dude, I feel like Chicago could still suck this year and still win that division. Yeah, that division might give the NFC South for a run for its money. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I can see because I think that's why Carolina did what they did, and we're like, all right, you know what? Screw it. Saints have a mid quarterback. Bucks got mid quarterbacks. They got a good defense. Like the Falcons have the pieces on offense compared to Panthers, who have the pieces on defense. Yeah. So like they're kind of like similar but opposite in the sense. But then they're both like, well, you got two mid quarterbacks in the other division. The Saints have the best win now team, but the Panthers have the best future team. Whereas Atlanta's got potential best future team if they get a probably CJ Stroud because they're more or less a quarterback and a decent offensive play caller away from competing if the defense is semi-average. Th- yeah, they got to not using Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London as decoys. Yeah, they got to build around both of those guys. Honestly, I think they need they need another impact wide receiver. Detroit will win the North. No solid QB. Great offense. Sixth into eighteenth pick. They could be in a love. They could. They really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wish they would. I kept know a lot of people Williams. who would be happy if they did that. I wish they would have kept Jamal Williams. I thought he was a perfect fit there, to be honest. And I'm I'm not saying that because I didn't want the Saints to get him. I I just really felt like he was perfect there. Because it, it was a bit of a level of pettiness with him being there and not being in Green Bay anymore. So that that like All right, was- let me let me ask you this, AP, right? So let's say you got a guy like Jalen Carter at eight, right? So it solidifies him and Grady Jarrett together as your front and your front four, right? But then you go and you send, I want to say you guys have what thirty-seven? As your second round pick, right? So if you send 37 or whatever your fourth is or third, and you go into the back half of the first round and you go take Kendon Hooker. What do you do about what do you say about that one? Honestly, I thought you can even So you fix the defense and you go get Hooker. Who's better than Ritter? Just the knee is a semi concern with Hooker, but he should be back by four training camp. You could even honestly, they're could, saying Hooker's gonna be a first round pick anyway. That's not bad. Hooker would be a nice second round pick, though. I still feel like you could, he would still be there. No, Hooker, Hooker is gonna be a first round because with his knee, they would want the fifth year. Yes, yes, that's that's a fair argument. So I'll, I'll give AP a second to respond to that one. So, like Carter at eight, and then so that's basically if. Houston went CJ at two, right? Arizona traded to Tennessee for Levis or Richardson. And the other one goes four. So your four QBs are gone there. 
And then you're like, well, crap. Anderson goes to um, Seattle at five. And then you have six is Detroit. Detroit goes um, that edge rusher from Texas Tech to pair up with Aiden Hutchinson, even though they probably go um, Jalen Carter there. So, yeah, basically, the guy from Texas Tech, I am forgetting his name. I need to go look back up his name. I'm forgetting it. Oh, you Saints fan. All right, we good then. But I believe I don't believe in Hooker because of her injury age and all. But see, the way how he was talking about Atlanta, I thought he was a Falcons fan. My bad. He definitely got me. But I believe in Hooker because of injury, age, and offense. All all three of those. One, two, three, four. All four of those I agree with. Injury, age, offense. Well, no, that's three. Offense, Tennessee runs. Yeah. Those are my same concerns with Hooker, but people like him. I'm not entirely sure on that. Why? But this ain't going to be a first-round pick. Generally, when, when you hear guys being creeped up, week for the draft as coming first round picks judging they're either going to go anywhere between 20 and 38 give or take the honest i don't even know anthony richardson's being mentioned how he's being mentioned but you know i assume it, top 10 yeah no i don't it's crazy richardson's gonna go top 10 because you know scouts and potential and athleticism go hand in hand all, right, all i know is media I in the draft jersey I would hold off on buying that jersey if whoever takes him. <laughs> because I, on, I would wait till year two. Not even just to see if he's year I'd, three. I know I would wait until the second contract is signed and it's the ink is dry. And that shows that he's proven himself. Same way I same way if I was an Eagles fan, I'd I'd buy a Jalen Hurts jersey now, or I would have bought one before the Super Bowl, because that's when I knew Jalen Hurts was going to get a new deal. That's just how it is. Even if I'm a Dolphins fan right now, I'm still waiting to buy a Tua jersey. He almost well, Tua had... was contemplating retired. He was contemplating retirement. Exactly why I didn't buy one. If I if I had been a Dolphins fan, <laughs> but yeah, nah, he he's spitting facts. So he right. He right. And we're gonna see the same thing. With see, my, my whole thing, if you love a quarterback, you go and send the thing. That's why I was confused when the Panthers went and they paid the price to go to number one. Like you and then they said they didn't know who they were taking. I'm like, you don't give that massive haul and not know who you're gonna take at one. Like exactly. On and this is why Carolina Air has an inflated fifty four percent yeah. We uh me and JP was oh, talking yeah. about this months oh, ago. Yeah. We was like his, if you watch his game tapes, they're either an ADR touchdown or a three and out. Yes. And this a one point ADR touchdown or a three and out. Dude, this is where I look at this and I'm just like, I, I believe he, he was recruited by Dan Mullen. He was recruited by mm-hmm. Dan Mullen when he was at Florida and then he got into Billy Napier's offense and couldn't do anything. Honestly, even in Dan Mullen's offense, he couldn't do much of anything. And you're, you're seeing it now, like, dude. I don't know how this is going to go over, man. I really don't. He And honestly, I don't think he would have made that much of a difference when Florida played Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Because, well, he completely – He got outplayed by Jaden Daniels. That's all you got to know. He got outplayed by Jordan Travis. 
Oh, Jordan Travis, we knew was good. Like, Jaden Daniels was good, but like, if you want to be a first round pick, come on now. You got to be outpointing every team you play against. And like, he he's one of those that like, he didn't do much in college. And you're like, how the hell is this guy going to go in the top five? If he would have been someone that would have, you know, willed his team. But then, for me, it would have been if you would have willed Florida against a team like Georgia, I'd have been like, okay, okay. Like, he has, he's got, he's got cojones. And he I, I was going to say, the, the best com- comparison I could give you for Anthony Richardson is Trayvon Walker last year. Because I've never really seen quarterbacks like Josh Allen. I'm um, sorry, I got a, a couple of numbers. I don't know if that was a sneeze or if that was a laugh or if that was a no. Problem. That's that is uh trying to hold back what he was. Oh no! <laughs> hey, you welcome. Pop in this comment section whenever you want, bro. Wait, wait. I thought oh, I didn't know what you were laughing at. Oh snap! I saw that pop. Oh. Did all right, we back. All right, we back. We back. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Anthony Richardson, bro. Like Trayvon, him and Trayvon is like the similarities are insane. Like situation wise, we're like neither of them did much of anything in college, and somehow their tape with pads off, wearing tights, tight pants, and tight shirts somehow get them in the top five. Like Josh Allen. Like you watched the tape of him at Wyoming, you could see flashes of like, oh, okay, maybe you could you could see what you could work with there. Like Wyoming wasn't a slouch team, more or less, right? Mm-hmm. Like Trey Lance when he was in uh, North Dakota State, like you could see when he was on the field, like he was making plays, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't like a one play, one or three and out. It was consistent plays happening when he was in North Dakota State, and you're like, Anthony Richardson, you're like. Yeah, I know. Literally, that's how I was. That was me every week. Every time I watched Florida, that was me. Like, if I was a GM and I had a pick between Jordan Travis and Anthony Richardson, I'd take Jordan Travis over him. Of course. Easily. Jordan Travis can do much, much more. Um, But I agree with this, too. Jordan Travis. I agree with it. This is very true. Because, honestly, this is why. That's why I was laughing. Dude, Emory Jones before he transferred out was like right here with that's why Richardson never took the full job. Exactly. Exactly. That's why Dan Mullen did not fully dedicate to Anthony Richardson. If you if we remember well, he did not. Until Emory, Emory Jones was like fully out of the picture. And Emory Jones wasn't wasn't the best quarterback either. He just was not UCF. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So this makes a ton of sense. And I really it sucks because I, I had I had high hopes for Kitna. I kind of figured I was like, okay, former NFL QB or no form the son of a former NFL QB, you know, he might develop into something. And then, you know, Florida has a good history with like, you know, Danny Warfel and you know, other guys like that, Tim Tebow. Florida QB's in like that though. They they not but in college they'd be like that, so I kind of had hopes. Well, in college they'd be like that, but then in the NFL they don't. They'd yeah. be like that. And then like he Cam had out. to go to Auburn before he'd be like that. Yeah, I, oh I know. And then he came out and that happened. I was like, Jesus, goodness gracious, 
that was that was insane. Mm-hmm. Now, oh god, that's terrible. But that's wild. That's wild. All right. But, um. So yeah, we'll do the NFL mock draft the two of us next week because it's Wednesday compared to this week, which is the whole week of stuff to happen. So night before the draft, we'll do the mock draft on here. But uh, yeah, so Jalen Hurts got a nice, fancy little deal, fifty-one million a year. I'm proud. Two hundred and fifty. Di- like I said, it's okay for him. To, it's okay to buy his jersey now. He got a one seventy-five guaranteed. I want to say it was. Lamar, the deal with um Lamar isn't exactly the same that the Ravens offered him. So we'll see what the if that deal ever happens, what that will be like. Won't be I waiting. would be curious. I don't think Lamar will get what Hurts got. I think it'll be just under. So, what you got to stick with is he's got to be somewhere between Hurts and what Watson got. Because he's got the MVP over Watson. No off the field nonsense like Watson got. And, of course. like, his injuries were sacks, not like running injuries. And he doesn't have two ACL tears on like Watson. But he doesn't have the Super Bowl appearance like Hurts has. So. It's got to be somewhere in that fine range. So, if he was smart, he would take, like, because Hurts got less guaranteed money than Watson did, but the structure of that deal is different than what the Ravens offered him, so we should see. All right, talk this thing about DeMar Hamlin and why you think it's not a good idea quick, and then let's move on to basketball. My thing is, just because I I say it like this, because, and this is actually where I get to flex off, you know, what, what I do know about the cardiac region of your anatomy. This is where I actually right, Mr. Chiropractor. Yeah. So what a lot of people don't realize is, and I'll type this out to you for those of you that just go like, I don't know what the heck he just said. So with the more Hamlin situation, when he got hit, his heart was in the T it's called a, like a QRS complex, so to say. So it's like, you know, you have your atrial depolarization, which is your P wave. You have your QRS complex, which is your ventricular depolarization, where your heart goes up, down, and back up, which is QRS. And then you have the T wave, which is your ventricular repolarization, where you're at your resting heart rate. And so when he got hit, he was in that T wave, which was his ventricular repolarization phase, which is where his heart was essentially resting. And that's why what happened happened. So I say that happens. And I say this. Speak it in English. Yeah. Okay. So basically saying his heart was resting. His heart was at a resting point where it wasn't beating. That's when he got hit and it kind of stopped his heart right then and there. That's basically what it was. Um, It was in a position it shouldn't have been in. Just say that. Yes, basically. But um, so I say he shouldn't be playing because honestly, it's like, dude, you're already taken care of and everything like that. You, What more do you need to prove? Because if something like this happens again, and I, I really I'm curious how in, I want to know the details of how he got medically cleared to be able to play football again. Because honestly, dude, I, I'd, if, I, if it was me, I'd be like, look, I've made enough money. I know what I'm doing to save it, and I just wouldn't play anymore. That's why I, I just don't agree with it. I don't. I. It just worries me that this is going to happen again. I know it's going to be emotional when he comes back and everything, and it's going to be a big deal. But 
in a game like this, I wouldn't come back. Because it's like, how, how are you the same after that? It's a serious question. How are you the same after that? How? Like, well, nothing wasn't an exact cardiac arrest. I don't know. Even if he goes to tackle somebody, like, are you going to second guess yourself? Like, I understand nobody knows what it's like until they give the initial blow or get hit, but like, come on, dog. Like, well, he's going to have to go through preseason and training camp with hits, so they'll know by then. Yeah, no, we'll know by then. He probably, if if you get cleared, like, you got to get through those phases before you even get to a game to have it happen. That's true. Or it could be a ticking time bomb situation. I don't know. Like I said, man, I don't know how to feel about this. All right. No. Let's get into the goodies. Yes, the reason why the title is the title. Oh, yeah, go with that one. That's good. All right. NBA playoffs, man. I mean, all right. What series do you want to start with? The sweeps or the competitive ones? Honestly, I will say the competitive one to me that we actually got questioned about by one of our followers on Twitter was the Cavs Knicks situation and how we all both the Cavs win game three that series over. Just saying, because they went out, they went out there last night and they did what? They put hands on the Knicks. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Or am I wrong? And the best part was that guy who said that was a private account, so I couldn't even flame him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like Cavs, uh, let's just start with Cavs Knicks, I guess, since you brought it up. So yeah, Cavs, mm-hmm. like we we know what the Cavs did last night. Cavs absolutely steamrolled, shellacked, whooped. I don't know how how you want to call it. I mean, up. the final score was a 17-point game, but that game was at 29 points at one point when I, I was remember. watching. I remember. Yeah, it like, was everybody was getting on Darius Garland because he had zero shot attempts in the second half of game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, the boy went and he dropped 32 on 17 shots. Yeah, go, yeah, thirty-two. Mitchell, Mitchell wasn't Mitchell. Mitchell wasn't even all that last night. Mitchell's a great playoff performer. Mitchell only had seventeen. Like Mitchell only took eleven shots. That's how bad of a blowout it was. Yeah. They was chilling most of that game. Jeez, Julius Randle eight of twenty from in field goals, twenty-two mm-hmm. points, three of seven from three points. Bronson Bronson was one of eight. Yeah, I'm seeing that. Jeez, five of seventeen in field goals. Sheesh. The 517 isn't the most concerning part about that, even though that's like bad. That's not even like 33%. But like the one for eight, woof. That's yeah. rough. But yeah, so their game three is Friday night, 830 in Madison Square, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta think if the Cavs do what they did last night, that I don't the Knicks, the Knicks will be doing like F you Donovan Mitchell or F you uh, Darius Garland like how they did Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, steamrolling them if they if they win that game. Game one of playoff series is the biggest fraud game of anything. Every sport is a game one of a series. 
Like, I'm a Magic fan. I get it. Like, the Magic won game one. They looked like world beaters against Toronto Raptors. They looked like world beaters against Milwaukee Bucks. Of course. Yeah, they didn't win a single game the rest of the series, and it weren't even close games. Game one is where weaker teams can somehow sneak a game, steal a game out because the other team doesn't take them seriously or whatnot, or the role players come out firing, which was what happened game one of the Nixon um Nixon Cavs game. That game was only a four point win. Like Brunson had twenty four shots. He was cooking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got seventeen from Josh Hart. Like you're not getting seventeen from Josh Hart every night. And like Emmanuel quickly has been an APB on him the entire series. Like he was not cooking yet game no. one and he only had he had 12 last night, but it was more late 12 points than a relevant 12 points. Mm-hmm. And and that's the only concern I have with the Clippers, even though there wasn't the game was a 14 point loss for them last night. But like a transition over to that series now, where it's like, yeah, the the role players were cooking in game one, right? Batum was hitting his threes. Powell was like, eh, he, was, he wasn't great or anything, but he wasn't terrible. And you were always getting contributions from Bones Highland. But I, I don't think if, if it happens where they get into game three, I think you're going to see a lot more Robert Covington because mm-hmm. Tyloo's not an idiot where he would. How do I say this? Be insane and do the same thing that's not working over and over again where the pick and roll they were killing them with Zubac dropping out yeah so I don't think you're gonna see that again and I think you will see Covington more but then in game one the Clippers beat the Suns by five right Westbrook yeah. had night hmm I don't know what that would pop up is if you saw it yeah so like Westbrook had nine points on three of 19 shooting but you got 10 points from man which is below his normal averages Norman Powell had 14 on and only one made three. Bone Town made one, only one three. But two only made one three, right? That's not your normal role player production, right? Whereas you go into game two, they were down six at one point, and they were getting zero contributions from Nick Batum, who had zero points. Norman Powell had 12 points, but he was 0 for three from the three point range. Mm hmm. Four of his points were from three. You got another ten points from man. He hasn't. He only took three shots the whole game. That's not his normal stuff. Bones Highland had six points. Like he didn't hit a single three. Like you aren't gonna get those bad levels of contribution from your role players every night. Like you can say if what you want about the Suns, but the Suns aren't as deep as what the Clippers are, right? Yeah. So. It's not like you're entirely worried about what happened, what happens with them. So it's more of, well, if Westbrook can play what he's playing, because I don't think you're going to get 16 points from Chris Paul any time in this series again, right? <laughs> this series is every other game. It is the only series that plays every other game. Everybody else is either every other game or you get two days in between travel, mm-hmm. traveling, right? Yeah. So, this series is a weird one. And Chris Paul's 37. Do you really think Chris Paul's legs are going to survive five, six, seven games? 
nope. series. Nope. I really and honestly, it's interesting that like I feel like this game and that Cleveland Knicks series are the two games that are like the ones that you feel like could go seven. They could. That's the four or five series all the time, because those are the two closest teams. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, too, it's like, oh, wow, the Lakers are creeping back up on Memphis. They're down by six. Memphis, what are we doing now? Well, seven. now Memphis is, down, is up by seven. And they're going to probably be up by eight after this basket right here. But uh, I think it's, I mean, yeah. That, uh. That well, point. see, with Ja, I think Ja might be back by game two. Or not game two, he's out game two, my bad. Game four, game three, he'll be back for one of the LA games, I think. Facts. I'll get there in a minute. Uh, all right, Ashton. I'm, I'm going to do the two sevens first, and then we'll work our way to the three sixes. Oh, actually, you know what? We start four or five, we'll work our way out. Since he asked about it. Yeah. It's over. Damn. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Oh. It's over, man. It's like this. It's over. It's like this. Dude, look. Okay, I mean, I say that it's not over yet. It'll be over tomorrow if uh, Sacramento wins. Look, I said it a few mornings ago. If the Kings were to take two of them at home, and if they go to the Bay and take at least game three or game four, and then it's over. It's over right there. If they Mm -hmm. get up. They will win game five. Yeah, they'll win game five. If that's, they go. that's why I say I'll, I will hold off until I see what happens game three or four if, mm-hmm. if Sacramento takes one. Yeah. But without Draymond, I think you're going to see Sabonis eat. Yeah, because honestly, Sabonis, I give him credit. Draymond was holding I, Draymond was holding Sabonis out, mostly. Was, Fox was what carrying them. Fox and Sabonis, he was getting beat up. I watched in those that last, last wow. game two, he was getting beat up. But he held. He held his own. He was getting. I want to see if what Kaminga does. They got to put Kaminga to justify that pick now. Man, it's, it's, it's Moody. Good. Moody was looking nice. Moody was looking nice. Golden State's best hope is they win game. That, that this is right here. That's what that's what we're saying. If if Golden State wins both games in Golden State. Yeah, I'll say it gets to Game Six. That means Game Six. I'm gonna take back Golden State because I believe in Game Six, Clay Thompson. Yes, yes. But yeah. if yeah. Sacramento takes even one of those games in Golden State, mainly the one tomorrow, you gotta feel like it's gonna be gotta be Sacramento in five. Because if that game, if that series goes back to Sacramento with them up three one. I don't think Golden State comes even if Golden State is down if Golden State gets down 3-0, I, I, I don't see any way they come back from that. And if they go to game like if they lose game three, but they win game five game four and it's three one, you're like Sacramento's gonna be rocking. Yeah. That's facts. The, yeah, like I said, I I'm the death but I, I still think it's more or less over uh, if go if Sacramento wins tomorrow, and just like that, Grizzlies back up ten. Makes sense. But yeah, I wouldn't hit the DefCon button yet for. They're for- De- Golden State's on DefCon too. 
Yeah. Well, honestly, you got to remember. Yeah, it's the, the the lower the number. The lower, the more panic. Yeah. So, yeah, we are at DEFCON. If they lose tomorrow, it's DEFCON 1. Yeah. It was not game tomorrow, right? I'm saying that. Yeah, tomorrow is the game. Tomorrow. Yeah, well, tomorrow night games are brutal for East Coast viewers, man. When I say brutal, I mean it's, like, absolutely brutal. You got Kings Warriors at 10, and you got Suns Clippers at 1030. What happened to just I don't know who scheduled that, but, like, that's going to be brutal for the East Coast. What happened to just starting at 8 p.m.? The East Coast gets those. Well, 7 o'clock, I think, yeah. East Coast. Well, I think also, too, they're, they're accounting for the fact that hockey's going on, too. No. Sixes Nets is on TNT at 7.30. And then, wait, it should be four. Oh, there's only three games tomorrow. So Sixes Nets, 7.30 tomorrow, TNT. And mm. then Kings Warriors is 10 o'clock on TNT. And Clippers Suns isn't even on TV. It's on NBA TV. Yeah, see, because then you got the Lightning at 7 tomorrow night, and then you got the Rangers at 7.30. But those are on ESPN. Well, the one's on TV. Oh. Yeah, the Rangers-Devils TBS. Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff on TV at once is what it is. That's why one of those games is on NBA TV. So it's it's understandable now. That makes sense. I don't know why they didn't move the – they should have had the – Lakers play Friday and have the Clippers play, have both the Lakers and Clippers play Friday, even though they're both in LA. Or have Clippers play Saturday on two day break. No, Clippers Friday. Yeah, Clippers Friday, Lakers Saturday is what they should have had. Mm. So the Clippers get the two day break. So the Clippers Suns both get two day breaks and they play Friday night. Instead of having both Clippers play at twelve thirty on Saturday and the Lakers at six thirty on Saturday, both in Crypto Arena, so it would have made more sense if they moved Clippers Suns to game on Friday and then had Lakers Grizzlies on Saturday. Question about that: Do the do the LA Kings also play in that arena, or do they play in the old Coliseum? Yeah. No, they play in that arena, but they're in Edmonton until let me check it. Until they play tonight. They play tonight, game two in Edmonton. Yeah. Oh Friday. that's why Clippers aren't playing Friday. That's yeah. why Clippers are playing tomorrow. That's my bad. Kings play Good Friday. question, because I forgot about that. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah, because the turnaround on a hockey game is longer because they have to have the ice set than it is for an well, the ice is already pre-made, but to transition from basketball to hockey is longer than it takes to transition from a basketball to basketball game. Yeah, see, that's I kind of figured that right there because I'm noticing that for Friday, 10 p.m., puck drop, Oilers and Kings. That's what happens when three of your teams are all playing at the same time in the playoffs in the same arena. Exactly. My thing is, see, this is where the utilization of the old L.A. Coliseum would have been beneficial. Hmm. They could need to hurry up and get that stadium done. Exactly. But what else we got besides basically, you know. All right. So we did. All right. So we did two. We did three six. 
and we did two seven with um Lakers Grizzlies, right? Because Grizzlies right now is what's the score back eighty three seventy one. So it's a it's nine to eleven point game right now. Four yep. point game right now. End of the third, going into the fourth. Yeah. So that game's going on right now. Bucks are up twenty four fifteen on the Heat in the first quarter. Without Giannis. And then Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday better show his butt up. Let me see. Drew Holiday's only got four points. Brooke Lopez carrying hard right now. Ten points in six minutes. Timberwolves and Nuggets tonight at ten. Yeah, I still think Milwaukee's going to come out in like five or six. I don't think that series going to seven. Because like Giannis is going to be back soon. Of course. And I don't expect Drew Holiday to keep playing stinkers like that. So... I'm not too worried about the Bucks. The Timberwolves now, uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna last. Oh, me neither. I think I think I think Nuggets gonna probably finish that off in maximum five. It's actually crazy to believe, but like honestly, it's weird. I think I don't know if it's been a good luck charm for the Nuggets, but it's like I have not watched a single Nuggets game this whole season. The only Nuggets games I've seen. Or playoff game, game one, with the Minnesota Nuggets game, and the two games they played against the Magic. Mm. Yeah, see, that's way more than me, because every other year I'm, I've usually seen the Nuggets and they don't do anything, but it's like now all of a sudden I haven't watched a single Nuggets game, and they got the number one seed, and they look so dominant. So I'm just like, you know, maybe I just should stop watching the Nuggets altogether. I shouldn't watch the game, and... You know, hopefully that leads to them getting to the finals and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and then, like, you got Michael Porter, you got Jokic, you got Jamal Murray. Murray, I think, is will be, if the Nuggets go deep, it won't be entirely because of Giannis. I think it'll be, like, 60% of Jamal Murray being clutch back. Remember, Jamal Murray in the playoffs, him versus Donovan Mitchell in the bubble, was, like, legendary basketball. And then you still got Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I don't know how much you expect from him though. Michael mm. Porter, Reggie Jackson. Like they got a decent squad over in Denver compared to Minnesota, whose team is stupid as hell. And like They're one being... of them is punching a teammate, and the next one's punching a wall and breaking his hand. You're like, ay ay ay. It's insane, dude. It's insane. All right, so that's the one eight on that side. We did uh, Milwaukee in that one. So let's do... Okay, six is Nets. Um, how do I say this nicely? They're going to need... They got to play Cam Thomas. I know Jock Vaughn hates him for some reason. Dude's a 40-point scorer, even though they lose by, like, 20 every time he does it. Mm-hmm. But it's not much better when Mikael Bridges scores 40 points because they still lose by 10-plus. And I don't know why. Maybe because it's not good basketball that they're running. I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I just felt like, you know, the 76ers. has been <laughs> I just felt like the 76ers had way more firepower, honestly, coming into it. And then, you know, the Nets, they don't have the enforcer like KD anymore to at least make a difference. So. I think Maxi's been the biggest savior for the Sixers, right? 
like Maxi's been cooking both playoff games. Tyrese Maxi. Mm-hmm. Like he like Doc Rivers was an idiot, benched him midway through the season this year. But Maxi's been got only had thirteen in game one, but he was carrying the load at right off the bat for them while it took a minute for Harden and Embiid to get going. And then you went and you watched him game two, he dropped thirty three as a straight bucket. Game two. Like he had thirty three straight, no no assists. Like he was just cooking it up because Embiid was struggling early again. Harden had his uh, his yearly playoff stinker. I didn't see this comment. My bad. It's minutes. Um. No, oh yeah. Like like Jokic is like the engine of the team, but you can have a fast car as much as you want if you don't got that good driver. Like, the car ain't going to win you a race just by the car itself. That's why I say, like, Jamal Murray will be the driver of the car, which Jokic is the engine to. Mm-hmm. If you get what I'm saying with that. Yeah. That makes sense. And this comment makes sense, too. Because it, it always is like that. Usually it tends to be a lull when somebody... When you, got an MVP, when you got an MVP candidate outside of Milwaukee, what Giannis was... Even even when Giannis was out, it's like just watch uh twenty uh seventeen OKC Thunder. Like the Thunder were beating the Rockets. Westbrook went and sat on the bench for like three minutes and the lead was gone and they were trailing by nine. Dude. That generally happens with MVP teams when they're doing most of the work. Yeah. But with the Nuggets, they um right, give me a second, my computer is dying here. Oh, he's trying to plug it in. Yeah. Also, I was, I was, I was yeah, like, right. it just disappeared. All right, we're back. We're not going to die. Yes, uh, we'll see what happens with the Nuggets. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets got to play Jokic probably like 30, 40 minutes a night minimum. I don't know. How many, how many did he play? Well, game one was a blowout, so he didn't play much. He only played 28 minutes. But Jamal Murray played 33. He had 24, 8, and 8. I think that is what you're going to see throughout the series and the playoffs from Jamal. So, let's see. What is the series that I forget? 3-6. Who was a 3-6 in these? I'm drawing a blank here. 3-6 was 76 is Nets. Oh, 2-7 is the, the worst series of them all. That is going to be a sweep. What this? Boston, Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Dude. Boston, Atlanta is going to be a sweep. That's over. That's over. That, there no. is no way in hell I can see Atlanta not getting gentlemen swept at the best. Dude, that that's over, man. I'm sorry. That's over. And it's gonna end Trey, in Trey Young busy shooting tour dates more than he's playing basketball right now. Exactly. Dude, that thing's over, man. I'm not even at this point, not even really worried about that. <laughs> that that you can go ahead and All put right. the Celtics probably honestly in the conference final. If I must be honest with you. All right, Celtics two. So they play Philadelphia game round two. Hey, we're not done. We got oh. one more quick thing to talk oh. about. We forgot the team. This one. Oh. Oh yeah. The dirty the dirty crap show known as the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Oh jeez. And how they. But put- yeah, so. Current, current update right now is Islanders, Hurricanes are tied three apiece, five minutes left. Ruins, Panthers tied two going into the third. That's actually another one. Minnesota, 
Dallas and Edmonton, LA are at nine thirty and ten. Honestly, I kind of figured. I thought the Bruins would be handling Florida more handily, but honestly, the Panthers—they're scrappy. Panthers just gotta beat the goalie. I mean, I know that's like the purpose of hockey, but like the Panthers are killing the Bruins five on five. It's to beat the goalie is the issue. Mm-hmm. Like the goalie's bailing out the Bruins big time right now with Bergeron out. Mm-hmm. Like Panthers have been cooking them. It's just the puck's not getting in the back of the net enough. Like the goalie's bailing them out. All Mark is, I mean. So we'll see how that series goes. I, I hope Panthers win, but like I'm not like, I probably Bruins will win that one. But yeah, back to last night's game. Uh Lightning went out 2 0 early. Booze came down at the end of the first when they went up 3-0 at the end of the power play. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. second period happened. People want to blame maybe we fans want to blame the refs, but they were only in the game because of the refs. Because they got both their goals off the power play. And the first penalty was like, really? You're going to call that? I think I was going to were they ever even in the game? But it's like, I, I No, I, it was three. It got it got to 3 2. And then Bunting went and pulled the Nazem Kadri and took a headshot at Chernak. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out after Hedman didn't come back to start second. But they're saying Hedman's a game time decision for tomorrow night. I don't know. So then the Lightning were down four defensemen with, like, five minutes left in the second. So that pretty much ended the game once they got the five-minute penalty off of Bunting, and they scored twice. But, yeah, like, Toronto is going to take some cheap shots. And you saw with the fan base, they're like, all right, just take headshots at them. Mm-hmm. Like, the lack of class with the Maple Leafs fans last night was ridiculous. And this morning when they announced Bunting got suspended three games, like, it was brutal. Like I said, dude, they'll so, probably win home in five games anyway. So I think I think if worst I think probably Maple Leafs will probably win tomorrow. I I wouldn't be shocked because the Lightning are gonna have to play two new defensemen. I mean Janot might come back tomorrow, but I was like, can we like save Janot until when Bunting comes back if it gets that far so we could just beat the crap out of him? Because Janot's a good fighter. But um, if Geno plays tomorrow, like, Sergachev's going to have to have, like, one of the best games. Him and Perbix and Radish. Ian Cole will probably play, too. Mm-hmm. Just got to hope Bogosian and Hayden Floyd don't kill you when they come in the lineup. But, yeah, that's all I got to say with that. Mm. Probably Bolton in six. Probably Bolton mainly in five. Mainly in five. Yeah. I can see five or six, honestly, with that series. I think I initially best part of that six. I I took seven, but then I was like, I saw those first two minutes, and I'm like, wait a minute, the Lightning remembered how to forecheck and play defense, dude. I'm like, only were y'all chilling all regular season after the All Star break, dude? Honestly, I really like they were they were bad post All Star break. They didn't care one bit. They went to Miami for the break, and they just like, eh. I don't care. Get me into the playoffs. I don't care. Dude, I, I'm we'll telling you, then. I think it was what, what a lot of people thought it was. They lulled everybody to sleep just by doing enough to get into the playoffs. And I kind of had a feeling about that earlier. I was like, they're going to do just enough to get in the playoffs. And then when they get in the playoffs, they're going to cut the dogs loose. And lo and behold, that's what they did. They did, they did that. Remember, Kutra sat out the entire year 2021 with surgery. He had the hip surgery. 
after yep. they won in 2020. He sat out the entire 2021 series season. They made the playoffs as like a wildcard team because the Panthers were good. Panthers had home ice that series. And they went out game one, beat the living dog crap out of uh, Florida. Exactly. Game two. Game two was tighter. Beat the dog crap out of them, chased the goalie, new goalie in. I think this series might go very similar to that series. Now, here's my thing before we get out of here this evening. Does Ace have his have his good luck t-shirt ready for tomorrow night? Did you Febreze it? I honestly couldn't find it last night. I put the dog I had the lucky dog bandana on. Hey, I'm telling you, I put that dog bandana on that dog, bro. They scored four straight. All right, well, there you go. Just make sure you do that then. I don't even know if you want to find the lucky T-shirt now. You just might have to just... The T-shirt is somewhere over there. I don't know where. You know, I just... want to put all the clothes to wash to try to find it to see if it was, if it was like, disappearing, so I don't know. Just go with the dog bandana then. Just just do that then. Nah, but I'll bring the lightning T-shirt back for when they play in Tampa. Make sure you go to Hat Tricks too for me and go have a good time as well. I like to watch my games home and yell at the TV. I'm an old fashioned person. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. No, I but, just. Hey, when, I, when I'm in a hockey game, bro, that mouth, it's like free reign, like some stuff that you probably get yourself in massive trouble. <laughs> that is not a public mouth when, that, when the games go on. I'm telling you, that's why you need to go to Hat Tricks and go sit at the bar and watch the game. Hmm. That's why. That's find, all, right, all right, all right. Before we, before we get off, way too off topic. All right. Anything else? Or are we done? I think we're the Rays. Rays made it thirteen zero. Lost to the Blue Jays twice. Beat the crap out of them the last game of the series, and then are beating the dog crap out of the Cincinnati Twins. Reds. That's not Minnesota. Twins. Reds. My bad. I was gonna say Minnesota is the Twins. Cincinnati's the Reds. How uh, they beat Minnesota earlier this season. They did. And yeah, honestly, dude, like I said, the Rays are still undefeated in the US. They're 16 and three right now. They're what? They're 16 and three right now as a team. 16 and three. So they lost two to Toronto. Did they lose one to Cincinnati? So if that's the case, Give me a second. I'll check. I'll check. They lost the first game to Cincinnati 8-1, and then they proceeded to win 10-0 and 8-0. Okay. Okay. So they got a feel for the rotation that the Reds have, honestly. Okay, so they're starting they're... a three-game series against the White Sox Friday, and then Astros, White Sox again, Pirates, Yankees, Orioles, Yankees, oh, Mets. Pirates. Wow, that's a rarity. That Astro series is going to tell a lot, though, early on. Mm. How good are they early on? That, that's what I'll say. Thank you guys so much for another great episode of the Running Gun Podcast. Shout out uh, AP, Ashton, and Drunk as always. Yes. AP, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, no, we enjoyed it. Um, comment section, keep the entertainment going. The uh, kit in the one got us cracking up a little too much there. But vibes were great tonight, as always. Be a friend, tell a friend, like, share, subscribe. Um, yeah, mock draft will be next week. 
That kid, Wednesday Live. That kidney thing has me just, oh, God. I, I did not expect it, and it... Of course, man, of course. We kind of did Drunk Dirty. We were talking about the HBCU things, and then Ashton asked about the FSU thing, and we just won off, and I forgot about it. But I think we did say running back, right? Yeah, I said running back, honestly, for, for Drunk. I said tackle. I don't know. I just want to be different. I mean, honestly, you know, they, you could have went wide receiver. Running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. Safeties. Well, just defensive backs in general. Because you got Aeneas Williams. Yeah. You got um, the other defensive back, uh, Mel Blunt. So, you know, there's a couple of them out there. And Mel Blunt was a very tall safety, honestly. <laughs> But yeah, as always, thank you so much for another great episode. JP's final words. Now well, you want to do it. That was a very interesting episode. It was very fun-filled. Talked about a lot of stuff. For once, we didn't match. The chemistry was off, but it was the same, if you know what I mean. Like Both were different Tampa teams, but I don't go for that team up there. You won't catch me wearing that stuff. Yeah, I know. We won't catch him ever wearing red and pewter or creamsicle orange at all um blue so, yes red nah i'm not a red person i i really don't like to call it red you don't Honestly, it's weird i'm not a I, fan of the color red unless it's bucks same way i'm not a fan of the color orange or green unless it's fam you but honestly everything in my closet's usually black gray or white or silver which is also neutral cool. colors Yes. If I'm going to a sporting event, there's certain colors I'm rocking. But I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm in, I'm weird. I'm weird. Yeah, we know. Thank you. But yeah, thank you as always, guys. Peace out. See you next week. We'll have a great mock draft next week. I don't know. The vibes <laughs> will be immaculate as always. Take care, y'all. Just want to run this intro. Stay blood. The outro. The outro. Outro. Man.